From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Miles. And this is the best beer show on the internet. Says you guys. No, No. my mom. My mom said that. Your mom has never listened to this program. Doesn't matter. She says we're the best. Best. She also has never said that to you about anything. No, she hasn't. That's just <laughs> oh, wish fulfillment on story. my side. All right. Uh, well, Miles, what beer-related things have you done this week? Uh, probably the closest thing. I've been making my own ginger ale uh, with yeast, so it goes through fermentation. Why? So it's ginger beer? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Very, very, very simple ginger beer, but I plan on, you know... Decorating it more and more and more. What is what is the recipe for your ginger beer? Uh, the recipe is going to be one cup of water with about a quarter cup of shaved garlic. Not garlic, excuse me. Shaved ginger. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just sounding terrible <laughs> <Right>? so far. <laughs> uh, I, and a cup of sugar. You heat that up until the sugar dissolves, and you let that okay. sit for about an hour. So we're at a two cups of beer? And then you put it into a two-liter bottle. Uh, you put seven more cups into it and some or two tablespoons of lemon juice and an eighth teaspoon of baker's yeast. Hmm. Where's the beer aspect of this beer? I, I said the closest thing. <laughs> you could just make a ginger beer. Yeah. Then there would be beer in it. Right. But then it's not a ginger ale. That's true. Yes, it is. Fermented <laughs> <laughs> at ale temperatures with ale yeast to ginger ale, Carlos. It does end up being about 2% ABV. Woo! Smearing off tonight. Four proof. Right? <laughs> Are you sure that's legal? I, mean, I don't know. It seems a little strong. It seems brutally like high. right there. Just brutally high. I had to think twice about whether or not I should be able to take it to work. <laughs> Yeah, I think you can. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's still te- it's technically alcoholic at that. Yeah. If you were if it was like hat, why don't you just force carve it, and then not worry about the yeast at all? Because I don't have a kegging system that, available. That is the broken part of my plan. <laughs> all right, Carlos, what about you? Have you done anything beer related since the last time you've been on the show? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right then. Yeah. Oh, well, I suppose I've had a. Uh, uh, we we had a wedding to go to uh, on the weekend. Yeah, and uh, we went to American oh, Sky. Did you try anything there that you liked? No, but hey. uh, at Pitchfork, I did like their pumpkin spice. Uh, oh, their pumpkin ale is delightful. Yeah. It's one of the best ones I've tried. It like it really had just the right right amount mm-hmm. of. Uh, it's not overwhelming. Yeah, which is a fault with a lot of pumpkin beers I've had. The spices overwhelm the rest of the beer, and it's not balanced at all. Like I've had a compo- couple of these pumpkin beers lately, and uh, I think that's my favorite so far. New Glarus has a pumpkin beer now. Oh, really? Yes. Comes in a six-pack. It's got an orange label. Haven't tried it yet, but What's Lord it no- called? I don't remember. Well, you're That's yeah. an odd name for a beer. Yeah, right? you're, you're full of half information today, I Miles. am. Well, I just kind of happened to stop there. I noticed it. I was trying to decide if I wanted something. Yeah. I sold my brother on a bottle of serendipity the other day. Good that work was, out of that you. Was, that was a good time. He had never had it. And I'm like, well, you should try it. Clearly, it was a good decision. Yeah. It wasn't a very hard sell, not going to lie. All right. I, beer-wise, did the same, essentially the same thing as Carlos went to the wedding, tried some beers. 
it was fun, I guess. It, I didn't try anything new, so I don't really have anything to report on. But, but today we're going to do something different. Uh, every once in a while we've been doing the commercial calibration. Yes. Uh, I guess is what we've been calling it. And this week we are doing something a little out of our comfort zone. A cider. And not just any cider. It's, well, it kind of is just any cider. Yeah, I suppose. It's Strongbow. Yeah. We're, try- we're trying Strongbow today. Uh, mostly because I screwed up. You did? I, I set my keg to force carb. And I don't think I turned the PSI up high enough, or I force carved the wrong keg, which is also an entirely possible thing that happened. Uh, <laughs> so we do not have beer to taste today, but we will hopefully next week. I'll I am figure disappointed. This whole thing out. Ah, you're not that disappointed. You'll get over it. I was okay. I wanted to try your beer. Yeah, well, I don't know if I want to try that beer because what I was tasting was not great. But it just it wasn't force carved yet. That's true. And I'm hoping it'll help. For some reason it didn't quite taste cold enough either. Yeah. So I got to figure out what's going on there. I don't know. It was sitting in the thing all all day, but hmm. I, I don't know. I blame the carbonation for a lot of it. I I do too. A so, beer without carbonation is just something it, you really need that carbonic acid to really just bring stuff together. Yes. All right, anyway. So, besides that, Miles, cider, go. Miles, cider, okay. Um, faint apple aroma. I, I actually don't get too much from the smell out of this. Uh, the appearance is crisp and clear, and it drinks just the same. Uh, finishes a little dry, and the carbonation is very effervescent, almost, you know, champagne-like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to disagree with you on a few things there. I get a, I get a fairly fruity uh, aroma. I get, I get not maybe not apple, but something fruity is coming through there. Uh, it's it's very sweet, uh, and I think the acidity is what's making it dry, not the not the gravity. Okay. Uh, otherwise, yeah, it's it's you know it's pea colored and like yeah you know slight dehydration. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I don't it's. It's not my favorite cider. It's too sweet for me, and that's what I found with a lot of commercial ciders. Uh, Strongbow, Woodchuck, uh, Woodchuck is way yeah, too much. Yeah, it, they're they're just they're too sweet for me. I like something on the drier side, but you know that. Yes. I have this fascination we, with dry beverages. We go through this almost twice a week. <laughs> ah, it's only about once a week. Well, I guess Doo too. Yeah, twice a week. Uh, <laughs> Carlos, what do you think? Well, uh, as far as the smell, I, I'm not really getting the apples, but it does just give me a, this uh, wine smell, and I'm just not really a, fine, a yeah. fan of wine in the first place because of a bad experience with mead. But uh, anyways, <laughs> as, on, <laughs> so that is the the wine smell, but it also uh, it doesn't really have much of, the, much of an apple flavor when I'm drinking it. Like, I'm not really picking up that much of that. Uh, I'm not getting too much sugary, but I'm just getting m- not much actual flavor going on. So. Just kind of a sweet liquid, yeah. Not a kind, of slightly flavorless. Yeah, more like a juice than anything else. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's really all we can really say about cider, guys. We're not super well versed in it. It's something we need to work on. But yep. trying stuff like this is how we learn. This is true. So, if you guys have a favorite cider out there that you think we should try, let us know. Uh, if you have a favorite, especially like a favorite commercial brand, or if you have any notes on what we should say about cider, Carlos, we should probably get. We're gonna. Dive. I know. I'm just, I just want to finish off the can, just oh, so okay. uh, I don't want to waste alcohol. Well, never waste alcohol. 
So, all right. Especially don't knock somebody else's glass of beer on the ground so it shatters in the middle of the dance floor. I have no idea what you're talking about. There's that a was story here, and I would like to hear all it. All right, so we were dancing. <laughs> with their uh, beers in their hands. To 500 miles. <laughs> and we may have gotten a little overzealous. Of course. And I may have accidentally knocked Spencer's uh, glass out of his hand, and it shattered on the dance floor. Oh, so it wasn't yours? No. No. Okay, okay. And but then, it was uh, pretty entertaining. Later, after they kind of uh, swept it up the mess, he uh, decided to attempt to do the worm across the floor, right across where he, the glass had been shattered yes, earlier. but... Did, did he get stabbed? He did no, not, unfortunately. I did not get stabbed, and I did not complete the worm. I apparently did the walrus instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a... <laughs> it was a poor, poor attempt. But it was an attempt, nonetheless, which is better than anybody else did. I suppose that's true. I I did do the worm at a at a formal party once on the dance floor. Uh, what I failed to consider was that I was wearing one of those shirts that have the the really the metal buttons that are like offset. They're like a quarter oh, inch tall. Oh yeah, okay. I had like six circular bruises going um, right down my see, torso. You know what I had forgotten to take into consideration. The ten beers I had prior to doing the worm. <laughs> Did you make the walrus sound too? No, no. I just kind of like I I flopped and then just drug myself across the floor. <laughs> there is a video on my phone of it. I deleted it. It exists somewhere. No, it, it does not. It must. It's probably on the iCloud somewhere. I, I could probably so. recover it. I don't. I do not want to recover said video. <laughs> that is not a thing that's going to. We need happen. to put it up on YouTube. You're probably not right. No, that's not going <laughs> to happen. Not really a reason. I'm pretty sure there's plenty of uh, videos up there of people not being able to do the worm. No need to add an additional one. <laughs> right? <laughs> Especially one that brings shame to me. <laughs> Anyways, right. how's this beer coming along, Chris? Which beer? Well, I'm not done with my... I suppose you can, uh, you can open All it. All right. So okay. okay. What, what are we trying here, Miles? Cezanne de Lent. A Made Belgian, by? Uh, by the brewery. It is a Belgian-style Cezanne. He is in the middle of trying to pull this up. Good job on being prepared. Yeah, well, Miles, nobody <laughs> likes a smartass. <laughs> At least I can do the worm. Uh, there's no actual proof. Uh, this has a 90 on Beer Advocate. Of course uh, it's it does. It's a Saison Farmhouse Ale, which we all know and love. Uh, 6.5% ABV. It's their spring uh, seasonal, apparently. Uh, our spring saison is light blonde in color with a fresh hoppiness and a wild and rustic Bretomyces character. Lighter in color and alcohol than our saison rue, yet equally complex in its own way. The wild yeast in saison de Lent will continue to dry it out over time, giving it slightly more mature character to vintage bottles, perfect for warmer weather picnics and spring celebrations. Uh, do we have a year on this? Probably either this year or last year. I gotta check here. But it's safe to say nope, that I have no is idea. a year. Yes. All right. No, it says on Delent. I'm actually pretty sure this is from this year. Okay. So this is this is a fairly new bottle. Like ninety five percent sure. What what can you tell us about Saisons? We should uh, probably do the actual beer thing since right? this is a beer show. Yeah, you'd think so. Uh so right off the top of my head, Saisons are a Belgian style. Um Belgian styles are primarily built around yeast and a lot of the off flavors that they can give give beers. A saison is you I call it a pseudo sour for many people. It's just got a little bit of a crisp um 
slightly acetic kind of characteristic. I don't know if I like the the term pseudo like for especially describing a saison. When I think saison, I'm thinking, uh, I guess more of just like yeast character with a lighter body. It's not quite. Uh, it has a very a different yeast characters than say like a Belgian blonde, but almost similar. Yeah. Um, I don't usually think sour when I think saison. No, well, saisons can they can easily go into a sour category. And then for people who have no idea, you know, there's a couple out there that I just kind of point them towards, and I'm like, if if you think this is okay, you know, then maybe you can start throwing a bunch of money at sour beers, you know, without without being too awfully worried. Okay, okay. So, I mean, for example, this is a, a Britannomyces saison. Not exactly sour, but it is a wild. Yeah, I, I get there's, there's you know, that uh, Brett usually gives, like, that farmhouse, Funk. funky... Uh, horse blanket character, right? Got to throw that in there. I love the I love the descriptor horse blanket. That what is that supposed to be describing? Have you ever smelled a horse blanket, Carlos? No. Okay, then, <laughs> then the descriptor doesn't help you. I'm not a fan of horses, though. It no, but help. it's 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 damp. Uh, hey, a musty. little musty. You musty, a little sweaty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good thing. What? Yes, yes, it is. It's, it's, it's just it's 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 a good descriptor for it. It's not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a descriptor for it, Carlos. So speaking of uh, saisons, have either of you to brewed a saison before? I have not. Uh, saison is on my list of. I have a saison recipe that I want to brew, but I haven't gotten around to actually doing it. We've brewed a couple of saisons in the past, but I think it's been a few years at this yeah. point. Is there any uh, challenges to making them? No, saison is actually a really easy style to make. Pretty straightforward. You want to ferment it warm uh, to get all those characters coming through, and it's basically a beer that's almost impossible to screw up. In fact, you could screw up other beers and make and just say, "Hey, this is a saison now," or a farmhouse of some or, sort, or a farmhouse. Yeah. Uh, I guess to brew a saison, if I was going to do it, um, you want a good, you want a yeast that will uh, create a lot of uh, flavors at higher temperatures. Uh, and that'll ferment really well. You want a lighter body. Um, I would use a bunch of two row and uh, some very wheat. Uh, some wheat and no crystal malts or anything no, like no, that. No. You're gonna want to just very simple beer. Yes, this is this is something that would be brewed for uh, on the farm during the summer for the farm hands, and it'd be almost like a table beer. It would, I mean, honestly, refer to last week's episode on Hefeweizens, and a lot of the notes will be similar. It's, yeah, it's, it's a very similar style, except this one is in France, Belgium, instead yeah. of yep. you know, Germany. Yeah. Uh, the, the, basically, it's just a simple, very simple recipe, clean fermentation, and just enjoy. Yeah, and yeah, you can you can do a lot of things to a saison. I've had ones with uh, with peppercorns in it, orange peel. Um, this one has bread in it. All all types of fruits have made it into saison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, saison is a very versatile style, which is fantastic. It's one of my favorite styles. If I had to choose one style, like, and I'd be just stuck with that style for. The uh, rest for it'd probably be double IPAs, but <laughs> <laughs> but if I had to choose another style, it would be saison. Extra special bitter. 
I don't know. You can get more of like I love ESB. I love English styles of beer, but with a saison, you there's such a wide gambit of flavors you can get with with this specific style. That's true. They there is a little bit more room for exploration and experimentation mm-hmm. with a saison. Yeah, ESB is pretty straightforward. Yeah, you get. You you have ESB. You know what an ESB <laughs> tastes like. Your all your ESB should taste very similar to that. Yes. All right. Well, Carlos, uh, you've have have you had a chance to taste the beer? A little bit. What it, uh, you you brought the bottle, so why don't you give us your opinion first? Well, generally, when I it doesn't really have the sour flavor taste I usually uh, look for when I drink sour beers. But uh, I've only had a couple sips of it though. But yeah. it, so far, it's it's all right. Uh, I can't really attest to whether it fits inside the category or not. Apparently, the 90 on Beer Advocate says that it does fit the category. <laughs> well, so be, like you have to take that that uh, score with a grain of salt. Yeah. All, always take BA scores with a grain of salt, any yes. beer rating scores. Uh, I think, uh, well, I'll, I'll get to what I think. When, it when does have a, uh, a nice smell to it, though, mm-hmm. going on. That's it, for sure. it smells like the farm. Yeah. Miles? I guess I must be having a difficult time smelling things tonight. I, I don't get too much from it. Uh, I didn't get much from the cider, so I'm just assuming I'm missing something here. Uh, but as far as the flavor goes, I'm surprised the the Britannomyces is very subdued. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's in there, but it kind of lingers in the background. It comes off as, like, this dry... Um, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, but the rest of the character is, just seems to be really straightforward, mm-hmm. Saison... Like the epitome, the definition. If you want to know what a saison tastes like, drink this and then base everything. I else think around drink it. this without the bread. Yeah, yep. Okay. No, that's what I mean. the The rest of it is is all of that. I, it looks gorgeous. It's very it, very it, clean. Yeah, it's almost the same color as that cider. Yeah. Uh, all right. So me, I think this bottle would do really well after a year, year and a half. Yeah. Sitting in a cellar, let that brett really build up, so you get more of a slightly tart, dry. Let that sourness just come through a little bit. Do I we, mean, you're not going to get anything like a lacto sour yeah. or anything like that, I, but I, just just a little bit slightly tarter. Sorry, I was going to interrupt real quick. Britannomyces by itself doesn't like make things particularly sour. Um, that horse blanket thing we were talking about earlier—that's that's predominantly what Britannomyces for. Or is or does? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. So it, Brett, Brett's not going to make things tart. Uh, lactobacillus and lactic acid are going to make things tart. Yeah, uh, Britannomyces is is gonna almost always out. a key component in those, but it can't do it by itself. Mm-hmm. And right. that's what this beer is. Yes. Yeah. No. And I think it just needs a little bit more time for the Brett to do its thing. Yeah. Dry this out. Give it. Give it that that fun. A little bit more of that funky Brett. Um. What. I'm trying to think of a good uh, Brett beer. That, that's a good example. It's, uh, oh man, it's a Sierra Nevada. collaboration beer. Is it? I don't know if it's Sierra Nevada or no. It's Russian River and somebody. Uh, wasn't it Sierra Nevada though? It might have been. I think it yeah, was. Yeah. What's it called? It's. Oh man, I can't remember now. Starts with a B. I can't remember, but um, New Belgium also did one. Okay. I think that one was just called The Brett. All right. And that one was pretty straightforward. I liked it, 
a lot of people got it not knowing quite what to expect and didn't like it, but I think they just weren't a fan of Brett yeah. and didn't know it yet. Yes. But that one was pretty straightforward. Well, if I think if I if I figure out what the beer is, I'll post it on the Facebook page and yeah. we'll talk about it then. You, Miles, have a quiz for us. Yes. Are you prepared? So <laughs> I could not be any less prepared. So Carlos <laughs> uh, knows a bit about beer, but he's not like he's my brewing partner, so he he can hold his own. But he's not well versed in the style, so this will be fun. Yes. Uh, okay. So you're gonna did you do any it, actual prep or did you just? <laughs> no, a multiple choice. Uh, no. no, no. So I can't like just choose C for no, everything. no, no. All right. no. Um, I'll the... answer first, and you can answer second if you want. Uh, no, I should go first. All right, all right. A closer look at a homebrew style: the American Blondale. Oh, we're doing American Blonde. Yes, you told me brown. I did. You can't lie to me. <laughs> this affects my game plan not at all. <laughs> affects my game plan. I brought up the wrong BJCP sheet. <laughs> See, I knew you were going to try and, and cram. Um, no, okay, so I'm, I'm following pretty much the exact same uh, format as I did last week. I, I think it w- went fairly well, so I'm going to keep at least for the time being. Okay, yeah. Uh, so a closer look at homebrew style, the American Blondale. What are the vital statistics... Carlos, of a BJCP American Blondale. You have to be more specific. I will. What is the original gravity range? Well, yeah. <laughs> you obviously want some number to, between a .5 and .9 on the the uh, scale. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, Right in that 1050, 1060 range, it's, no, it's higher than that? Lower. Lower, 38 to 54. That seems really low. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's my problem. What's your final gravity, Chris? My final gravity, seven. Not not too far off. What's yours? Uh, 1008, 1012. Close, very, very close. It's uh, eight to 13. Oh, I was off by one. Off by one. Yeah. I, I'd even give you full credit. He was only off by one, too. I should get full credit, too? No. Partial. <laughs> you, you, you only gave me one of the two numbers. Yeah, there's a range. It's always a range. Remember, right. remember with BJCP, there's always a range. Yes. Uh, the IBUs, or the bitterness. Well, all right. And an IPA, double IPA, is going to be, or well, I guess, yeah, IPA double is going to be in like that 70 to 100 range for, right. for your uh, so reference. You're, so you're looking for a 30 to 55. No. Oh. Those numbers make sense. Like, you're you're in the ballpark, but no. Um, Man, I think you're going to want to be in like the 10 to 20 range, maybe even lower than that. Not super high. A little bit higher, 15 to 28. 15 to 28. Yep. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it'll make a little bit more sense later on. Uh, SRM, which is the color, and for the most part, color goes from, like, uh, clear, pale, yellow, uh, which is which would be a 1, to, like, black, what did you say, 50? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1 to a 1.7. Not too far off. Go ahead. 
Uh, probably in that three to five range. Three to six. Three to six. See, <laughs> I always undershoot or overshoot. Well, if my range was between one and five, I was pretty far off, actually. <laughs> well, not really. I'm sorry, when I hear One is essentially water. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I thought, like, water would be zero. No, I mean, you're you're talking, like, different shades of really light yellow at that point. It's your hydration level. Yes. Uh, alcohol by volume. For a blonde. By the way, I'll just give you a hint. You should be able to figure this out if you look at the OG and FG numbers. He does not remember that. <laughs> oh, I guarantee. Uh, well, I'm going to go between uh, 3% and uh, 5%. All right. That's uh, not bad. No, um, it's not at all. Uh, I'd say, yeah. I mean, I want to say 3, but that's way too low. So I'm going to say 4 to 5.5. 3.8. To 5.5. See, I was off by 0.2. You were off by 0.2. No, uh, which just tells me, other than the original Gravity and IBUs, you you know the style decently well. And my IBUs, I was only off by 5 in one direction. So, I know the style pretty well. I'm playing the guessing game. I know, and you're doing pretty darn good at the guessing game. All right, and then I'm going to give you a couple of categories. Uh, but what are the main characteristics for an American Blondale in the aroma department? You guys want to hear a fun fact of the American Blondale? Yes. I won my first home brewing award with an American Blondale. Yes, and you don't even know how much gravity goes into it. Uh, yeah, I do, because I was <laughs> in the range. So... Probably 9.8 meters per second. Yeah, That's what I'd go with. Yeah. Right. All right, what was the question? Uh, let's see. What are the main characteristics of an American Blondale? And I'm going to give you each, each of the categories as we go. So first up is aroma. What do you? What does one need to smell in an American Blondale? What do you Blondale? want to smell, Carlos? Well, if you get some sort of uh, beer, wheat smell. <laughs> from, uh, and maybe a little, if you get that, just the feeling of the, the carbonation hitting your nose and your nostril hairs, that's, that's also a good sign. Your BSing is surprisingly wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with uh, you want uh, at least for my for what I yeah, like in yep. a Blondale. Uh, and then clean, think- slight, slightly fruity. Okay. Um, you don't you don't want an overwhelming amount of yeast character, but you you can you can definitely tell if it's there. You, uh, it's it's not like you're doing a Belgian. You don't want just all that in your face. But yeah, no clean beer smell. Actually, yeah, that would be about the way to put it. Light to moderate, sweet, malty aroma. Yep. That's the one thing you need to have. It wasn't even close. <laughs> no, you you were talking about wheat and other things. <laughs> uh, appearance. You what, got this one, Carlos. What does it need to look like? You got this one. Well, obviously, you want uh, it in liquid form. Think- <laughs> Ideally. <laughs> All right. when, when, when somebody says blonde ale, what pops into your head? You want it to uh, look like an ale, obviously, in the... Uh, <laughs> The three point, <laughs> the three point eight to five point <laughs> eight uh, appearance range. <laughs> this is the best beer segment ever. I love it. <laughs> Only beer knows will be laughing. And uh, <laughs> I'm not done yet. God damn! You want uh, some of that? Uh, Frothy foam at the top, but you don't want it too froth. You don't want it really frothy. That's 
That's like a, that's amateur hour right there. That's obviously you're trying to get you're trying to put the the foam from a stout or something else on there instead of a a blonde ale, and that's not good. You don't want that. Okay. Okay, that is. I feel like you want a clear beer with a nice, uh, you know, clear golden color. You like, you know, you're in that SRM range, um, with a with a white, uh, not not super thick head, but a white solid head with good head retention. Pretty much, yeah. That's about exactly it. And other than all of the first stuff you said when you were talking about the foam, you were actually pretty right on. Uh, light yellow to deep golden color, low to medium head with good retention. All right, flavor. Lay it on me. Well, you want some uh, just a small amount of use characteristics in there, along with uh, the flavor of a uh, that's not a uh, horse blanket because you don't want that in a blonde ale. Carlos, you started out so well, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want the horse blanket. In no, you do not want horse blanket. Well, there you go. Unless unless you're throwing Brett in your blonde ale, but it's no longer blonde ale. It's a Brett blonde. That's true. Or I like to call it a uh, Brett Favre. Oh, wow. It's just going downhill fast. <laughs> All right. Um, Flavor-wise, you're looking for some... It's 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 a fairly clean beer. Uh, there There is some yeast characteristics that you're going to, like, you, you want you want yeast flavor there. But other than that, it's it's classified as a, like, I guess a hybrid style. It is, yes. Yeah. So you, you want it to be uh, not quite on the lager side, but definitely leaning towards there. So it's it's a lighter, cleaner beer. Yeah. Uh, let's see what I have here is soft malty sweetness, light to moderate hop flavor, which is something y'all missed. Yeah, well, it's an American beer. I, I can't just kind of assume that it. hop flavor's in there. Uh, low to medium bitterness, and then dry to somewhat sweet. Mouthfeel. How is it supposed to feel as you're drinking it? <laughs> Delicious. It's supposed to feel... I'm so bad at mouthfeel. Well... <laughs> well... It should uh, feel like a a nice malty beverage that is just sloshing around your mouth, but not too thick on the tongue. You don't want it too thick. You don't. And I'm talking about not a uh, like probably the the range of thickness would probably be between somewhere between a uh, a really thick Kool Aid and uh, uh, somewhere between. Uh, All right. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what? how to gauge that answer on the right. It's wrong. Uh, I, I'm. Uh, this is this is. Uh, I don't know. Light to medium mouthfeel with medium carbonation. Medium to light, or medium light to medium in body, and then smooth. Yeah, that's what I meant, body. Yep. No, uh, and then smooth without bitterness or astringency. Ah, uh, okay. Yep. So no bad things in there. Right. All right. Uh, so now we're going on to some of the secondary characteristics here. And then last week I, I kind of illustrated to him uh, the last question that we just went through was all of the things that need to be in the beer. This one is all uh, about the things that ca- that uh, can vary within the style. I.e., he's making things up. I am pulling this out of the BJCP. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, so when it comes to the aroma, what are some of the things that can be added or subtracted or messed around with the style? Any idea? Well, you could add some uh, of that Brett flavor in there. No, uh, you can you can definitely up the hops on this because it is an American style, so hoppier is the norm. So if you get some hop aroma in there, I feel like that would be okay. Uh, more yeast character would probably be fine. I think those are the two things that you would really notice. Unless you're going to like fruit this beer, which American Blonde lends itself really nicely to fruiting. 
Yes. Uh, like strawberries, right? Yeah. Fruitiness and low hop aroma. And uh, what I get out of fruitiness is, is probably some of those yeast esters. Yep. You actually mentioned that in the last question. I did. It doesn't need to be No, it, do, it doesn't need it, but, but it's it acceptable. Al- it, it also quotes it as, like, just most of them have it anyways. Yeah. So. Well, when you, yeah, when you ferment, like, depending on what yeast you're using, you're going to get those at, yeah. when you're yep. doing this beer. All right, Carlos. Yep. Appearance. How can that vary? Well, greatly. <laughs> Especially if you're drinking it around St. Patty's Day, but that's, that's besides the point. That's besides the point, of course. You want a uh... wait? Did, this sounds familiar. Didn't we cover this uh, in the far- fact that it should be? Yeah, yeah, pretty of... much. Uh, it, Carlos, it, it can't. It can't really change appearance. Yeah. It needs no, to be that that color, that clarity with that head. There's not a whole lot you can change the appearance. Like I don't know here. really how you could even change it the no, appearance. That that's the point. That's the answer. There right. there really is no variability with this this aspect. Uh flavor. How can the flavor be modified or changed? Well, a lot, especially if you use some of those uh make it a little sweeter so you can adjust it that way. Yeah, he's not wrong. He's yeah. Uh Flavor-wise, as long as you're within your numbers and your range and you use proper ingredients, there's not... I mean, you can you could get more yeast character, you can have less yeast character, you can have more hop flavor, you can have less. But as long as you're within that range, there's not really a whole lot you can do to the flavor there. Actually, uh, so low to medium esters uh, can be in there, but the other thing it quotes is light malt flavors such as biscuit, bread, toast, or wheat is acceptable in a blend. Okay, so if you're using... All right. Like yeah. this, like the beer that we're drinking has bread. So I guess there's other beers that have bread flavors in there. Yeah, bread, uh, not bread. Oh, bread, bread. Yeah, b r e a d. Oh, so this beer that we had is not bread flavored. No, b r e t t. Yeah, oh. that that refers to a very specific type of yeast. The bread of myosin. Yes. Well, close enough. But not the bread. There's no bread in there at all. No. No, 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 no. no. Right. Well, I mean, there's grain. That's good because I was worried I wasn't picking up on the bread flavor that you guys were <laughs> I love having Carlos on the show. I'm going to have to listen to this as soon as it gets it's uploaded It's going to be delightful. Again. All right. Okay. Mouthfeel. How can the mouthfeel vary? Uh, I suppose if you alter the carb- carbonation a little bit, but otherwise I wouldn't think it would alter very much. Yeah, you can't really do a whole lot with it. That is correct. There's really no variability. All right. Right. Uh, this is going to be a, li- a little involved, but we'll we'll get through it pretty quickly here. All right, Carlos, give me an overview of the traditional makeup, ingredient makeup of a Blondale. Ooh, <laughs> all right. So we have uh, some water, some grain, and some uh, hops, and some very... Fine yeast. Good work out of you for not saying anything. Carlos? Yes. <laughs> I'm Casey. Casey? <laughs> uh, yeah, so if, if I was going to do this, I'm I'm going to use a majority of uh, Turo, specifically American Turo because it's an American beer. Um, if I'm going to use any specialty malt, it's going to be like a biscuit malt or maybe a victory or something. Like not, nothing, nothing that's going to add any SRM or very little SRM. Yeah. And just gonna add like it maybe like a toasty or biscuity flavor, uh, and that's that's gonna be my malt bill. Super simple, super light like that. Um, I'm gonna do a a a decent addition. I'm gonna get most of my IBUs out at uh, zero, 
or I mean, at 60 minutes, like right away. Uh, and I'm going to use, I don't know, I guess, I guess it doesn't really matter what you're using there. Uh, I might use like some, I think about using some English hops for this just because I like the those earthy aromas and flavors. But you could also use like any of the sea hops. Mm-hmm. And then again, same thing. I would I would just do a flame out addition for all of the flavor. Fair enough. Uh, it is generally all barley, or at least mostly barley. Um, some extreme styles have up to twenty five percent wheat. Uh, and if you're you having issues getting your head retention with this beer, throw some wheat in there. Yep. Uh, wheat, wheat or oat, and that it's usually a fairly safe bet, especially in the lower things. You're going to get those long long chain proteins. That's going to help with your head retention. Yeah, and then uh, some sugars are usable, uh, but no more than like three to five percent. Uh, and then with all those different grains, sparingly. Sparingly yeah. oh, is yeah. the key term. Otherwise, you end up falling into specialty beer category. Well said. I couldn't have said it better myself. Or right? you'll end up with a pale ale. And then, believe it or not, any hop is usable in a blonde ale. There is no restrictions. No, I, yeah, I didn't think there were, I was just going with yeah, what I no, would use. Um, well, there's like, is there a possible, are there like incorrect ones that you, like if you use it, it's probably going to be noticeable that it doesn't fit at all? Uh, no. You can use hops inappropriately, but you can use any hop just fine in it. Yeah, so, and, and with with this malt bill and stuff, you're not, you're not super worried about what your... Uh, like what? As long as your hops are melding together. So if you're using two hops, as long as they go together, you're gonna be fine. Yeah. The key term is balance. Yeah. And, and then, you're not gonna overdo it. Yep. Actually, I kind of like to see some like New Zealand hops or something in a in a in American blonde. I think that would be interesting. I agree. Uh, and then to bring it back uh, real quick, uh, very clean yeast. Yeah. Very uh, clean yeast. Uh, American ale yeast from Y yeast is what I would recommend. That's yep. what I use. Uh, or Kolsch yeast. Or yeah, Kolsch would work. many English yeasts. And you can also use uh, a lager yeast or cold condition it if you want. Yeah, if you're using a lager yeast, beware that when lager yeasts are fermented at higher temperatures, you're going to get a lot more of those esters and off flavors, yep. that, that fruity stuff. And not off flavors aren't necessarily bad. You just need to be aware of what you're doing and make sure you use a yeast that will complement it. Yep, and then uh, I know we're running... Or not a yeast, but a hop. I know we're running short on time here, so I'm just going to cover the last two real real quickly. When it comes to mashing, uh, 152. Like, that's that's where you want to be to hit that right level of body, and there's really no need to, to fluctuate. And then as far as fermentation goes, uh, right around 67 degrees is where you want to be. Makes sense. Yep. And then if you really want to, you can... Shoot it up a couple of degrees at the end of fermentation to help the yeast clean up some of the intermediate yeah. compounds, and that's and that really kind of br- covers it. Sure does. Haha. All right. Uh. Well, again, if you guys have any homebrew questions, comments, whatnot, or you want to send us beer, uh, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnewsstudios.com or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnewsstudios. Get a hold of us somewhere and we'll set that up or ask or talk about your stuff and whatnot. And we'd love to hear from you guys, so please email us. Let us know what you think. Also, if you want to support us, head on over to patreon.com slash blindnewsstudios or go to blindnewsstudios.com and click on the patron link at the bottom of the homepage. Watch the video there. It'll explain everything, but essentially it's a recurring tip jar. So you can put in as little as a dollar a month, as much as $50 a month. That's right, guys. We want you to pay us all of your money. (laughs) 
and help us out. It helps make all of the shows on the Blind Ninja Studios network and helps put beer on our table and all that madness. Uh, you can also head on over to uh, well, blindnessstudios.com, click on the Amazon link, and then go do your regular Amazon shopping. And we get a small kickback of whatever you purchase on Amazon for sending you there. So that's a really easy way to help us out. Again, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, send those emails to feedback at Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnessstudios. Follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And listen live every Monday night at 8 p.m. Central at uh, blindnewsstudios.com slash live or youtube.com slash blindnewsstudios. And I'll see you guys next week. 